And we're looking forward to next year as we see it continue to grow and expand and as God continues to touch lives through Vacation Bible School. Last Sunday, it was a wonderful surprise to see the whole Hopkins family with us for worship. Since Joe has been away at Campbellsville, usually when they come back, I know they're on the way. But last Sunday, they just kind of showed up. And that was a surprise in itself. But the greatest surprise of all was what? That Joe Hopkins showed up without a bow tie on. (laughs) And I had to ask him, what's going on here? And he said, well, you have to understand, we're on our way back to Kentucky from our vacation at the beach. And when you go on vacation, you don't pack a bow tie. And it was exciting to see them. And I'm glad they got to enjoy that time away. Vacation. Vacation is a wonderful thing for all of us. You know, some of our church family, you've already had a chance to go away somewhere and enjoy some relaxation. Some of our folks are away right now enjoying vacation one place or another. Some of you still have your vacation planned. I'm looking forward to ours and we're not going to be gone for a couple of months yet. But there's just something about the anticipation of vacation, going on vacation, being somewhere. Either it may be somewhere you've never been before or it may be that place that you can't wait to get back to every year. But there's something great about vacation. Wherever you go and whatever you do when you go on vacation, though there are two days that are really, really special when it comes to that time you get away. The first day is that day when you arrive at wherever your destination is going to be. And you get there and you're so glad to be on vacation. And you kind of get everything spread out. And if you're anything like me and you know where I'm headed, I don't even need to unpack before I see the beach. I need to just get down and be by the ocean and there'll be time to unpack when it gets dark tonight. All of us enjoy that first day because you just think, man, there's a whole week ahead, maybe a little longer, and I'm going to get to be gone, and I can relax, and I'm away from home, and I'm able to do the things that are fun, and if something comes up, there are people around that can handle those things, and oh, that's a great feeling. The second big day of vacation is that day when your time away is over, And you've made the trip back home and you walk through the door and there's just something in you that says, home. That's a good feeling, isn't it? Home. I've been away and I've had a great time, but tonight I get to sleep in my bed. My head will be on my pillow. I will be in my place where everything is exactly where it belongs and even the air smells like home. And there's something about getting to come home after you've been away for a while. What a great word that is, home. That's the place where you live. That's the place where everything is the way you want it to be. Vacation is where you go to relax, but home is where you come to live. Or as Jesus would describe it, it's the place where you abide. 
That's one of the reasons John 15 is so important. A few weeks ago, I preached from this passage, and I talked about the importance of allowing God to do pruning work in your life. And when that service was over, at some point, Rich said to me, okay, so now are you going to preach about abiding? And that stuck in my brain. And I thought, you know, I really should. And especially because over the last couple of months, I've been preaching a series about discovering the way discovering God's direction and his leadership for your life. And I thought, you know, I can't think of a better way than to think about what it means to make your way home to where the Lord wants you to be. In John 15, 4, Jesus commanded his believers to abide in me. But that's not the only time he uses that term. There's another time in John 15, 9, when he says something to us that sometimes we don't think about as much as we do that command to abide in me. What does he say? In John 15, 9, he declares, Abide in my love. Abide in my love. Make your home in the love that Christ has for you. And if you're at home in the love of Christ, it can change everything about your life. So today, I want to talk to you about what it means to abide in the love of Jesus Christ. The first thing we need to remember is this. When you understand that Jesus loves you, even though you don't deserve it, that changes everything. When you recognize that the love Christ has for you has nothing to do with whether you're worthy, whether you've earned it, whether you deserve it, whether you're living the right way, it just has to do with the fact that he cares for you. That changes everything. Jesus said, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. I also have loved you. Not could love, not might love, not even will love, but have loved you. It reminds us of the fact that the love of Christ is something that is a constant in your life. It is always there. As long as you've been on this earth, you have been in the depth of God's love. That's what made this past week so important. Every week, we're enjoying the kids at Vacation Bible School. And then at the end of that week, as we have celebrated our children all week long, we get word from the Supreme Court that a decision has been made protecting preborn children from the violence of abortion. That children are protected, or at least the potential for protection among all of our states is there. And for the first time we recognize God's love is very real. And the thing I love about it is even though this is a legislative action, a judicial action, one of the things I am so grateful for is decades of voices who refuse to allow this to become a legal issue or a political affair. And kept the focus on where it belongs. This has always been a spiritual and a moral issue. And we're so grateful that we are able to know we're doing everything we can to love our children. Because God has always loved them. Before they were born, he already had a plan. And each one is precious in his sight. It is an expression of the love of Christ when we can love our kids. I had no idea a few minutes ago that we were going to sing, I love you, Lord, Evie. I didn't know you had that planned. 
That was so important to me, particularly on this given Sunday, because that's the song that I sat in a rocking chair and sang to my children when they would wake up in the middle of the night and they were just tiny infants and I would just rock them and I would sing, I love you, Lord. Somehow they still love music. I don't understand that part. But it just reminded me of God's great love for all of us. And particularly the fact that the love of Jesus Christ is something he gives freely. It comes from his heart. And it comes to your life. Because here's the truth. You don't deserve it. You don't. That's the bad news. You know what the worst news is? Neither do I. We don't deserve the love of Jesus Christ. And yet it is extended to us. Here's the thing about the love of Christ. His love is a free gift. It is an act of pure grace. And when you recognize how much he loves you, you recognize it is because he cares for you. That seems so strange when you live in a world that believes you have to earn everything you receive. That somehow the world around us reserves the best things for the folks who believe they deserve it. You know, we find ourselves in the midst of a culture that that is constantly looking around itself and has so many people who are saying, I am better than you. I'm smarter than you. I'm stronger than you. I'm more talented than you. I'm more famous than you. I deserve that which is best. I deserve to be loved. And when all the focus is placed on people that are counted as the ones who are most worthy, then everybody else is forgotten. In fact, they're found among the unchosen of the world. Here's the great news of the Bible, that Jesus does not turn away from the unworthy because none of us are worthy. Romans 5, 8 declares, the love of God is demonstrated in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. You just can't look around yourself and ask, why would Jesus love someone like them? When the real question is, why would Jesus die for somebody like me? There's only one explanation. Love. Love. Christ invites us to abide in his love. But that's not all. The love of Jesus extends. Uh, the love Jesus extends is greater than you can imagine. Almost everybody believes that God is love. But most people don't think very much about it. In fact, most people when they ask, does God love you? They say, well, yeah, yeah, God's love. But they think of God like an old uncle up in heaven that has a little girl that passes by and he pats her on the head and he gives her a dollar and he really doesn't pay any attention to her. Uh, But that's the kind of love God has. 
that's nothing like the standard that Jesus applies. Jesus is the one who said, I will love you the same way my Father loves me. Imagine that. With the intensity and the personal uh, passion that God loves me, I love you. It's an overwhelming love. Listen how he describes his love in Isaiah 49. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget. Yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hand. I will not forget you. His love is openly available to anybody who is willing to receive it. It's hard for us to comprehend what it means to talk about God's abundant love because we struggle with that in our own lives. We're so careful about the way that we love. We don't want to go out on a limb and love too much and give somebody an opportunity to break our heart. You know, when we're children, it's something like this. I'll love you if you love me, if I love you, if you love me, but you have to say it first. We grow up and we become a little more mature and all of a sudden it becomes your friend that asks her friend who tells your friend whether it's okay for you to tell her that you really like her. Then as adults, we begin to decide, you know, I need to hoard my love. I need to protect it and be careful with it. Don't give away too much too fast. None of us just risk everything and pour ourselves out. I love you. I want to give you the best that I have for you. Unless your name is Jesus. And he openly invites all of us to be recipients of his love. One of my favorite stories in all the Bibles of a parable Jesus told a long time ago about the wedding feast. You remember that? A king pre uh, prepared a great feast for his son. When everything was ready, he called the invited guests to come. And you remember what happens? One by one, the ones who have been invited send back word, I can't come. I've got a good excuse. I won't be there. I've got other things going on. Don't count on me. The most powerful verse in that parable comes with what the king does next. In Matthew 22, 9, the Bible says that the king said, Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite them to the wedding. The invited people felt like they didn't have time to come. They didn't have interest to come. So he begins to say, well, you just go out there and whoever you encounter, whatever they're doing, you just tell them the king invites you to a feast. The king wants you to come. He wants you to personally be present with everything that he's provided for the people he loves. Now, why do I like that verse so much? Because the truth is, I'm a highways and hedges kind of person. I'm not the one who's going to be invited first. I'm not the one that people are going to say, if he doesn't show up, then the party's going to be ruined. The amazing thing is, I'm included. Even though I'm a highway and hedges kind of guy, I'm included. 
You know why? Because the king invited me. And I get to come. I'm his guest. And when I leave the party, I get to go and tell people, I was there. I ate of his food. I enjoyed his party. But more than that, I met him face to face. And you know what happened when I met the king face to face? He called me by my name. Amazing. Who in the world is going to love you that way? That he sees you and you're not all dressed up in your very best. After all, you were out wandering the roads when they found you. And they brought you in just the way you were. And the king calls you by name. And he loves me not just because I deserve it. But because he has freely chosen to love me. Unbelievable. And this is what happens when you realize how much you are loved by the king of kings. His love is a transforming kind of love. Nobody who experiences his love in a personal way will ever be the same. Let me tell you something. Nothing on earth has the power to change you like the overwhelming love of the Lord. There are some of you in this congregation today that if you had the opportunity to stand up and speak, you could say, this is how the love of Jesus transformed my life. This is who I was. This is where I had wandered away. This is how my life was aimless. These are the ways that I was disobeying God and turning away from him. And then all of a sudden, somebody told me, and I came to a real realization, Jesus Christ loves me. He loves me. I've never been the same since I realized that was true. Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. What does that mean? It means when you experience what it means to know that the love of Jesus Christ is where you are at home. Then you're going to begin to change. What he's really saying is this. The more you abide in my love, the more you become like me. As I've been with my father and I am exactly like my father. As you spend your time around me and experience my love, you're going to become like me. You'll find fulfillment in doing the things I do. You'll love the things I love. You'll want to be wherever I am. You'll want to please me the way I learned, I live to please my father. I will abide in your love. And here's the thing. And abiding in his love is not an obligation. It's your life's greatest privilege. Is anything more important to know this? I have been invited to experience the love of Jesus Christ for me. I have been experienced, uh, invited not only to experience it, but to be at home in it. To abide in it. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. 
He loves you. Chose you from the very beginning. Has a special plan for your life. Wants you to know that you can dwell, abide, live in his love. So what does the Lord want you to do with his love? Are you supposed to climb the highest mountain or swim the deepest ocean? Jesus gives a very simple answer. This is what he says. Love each other in his name. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. What does the Lord want you to do with his love? Yes, he wants you to love him in return. But more than that, we are called to love one another, to make his love real through our own lives. To abide in his love is to let it spill over. To spill over into your house, to spill over into your work, to spill over into your school, to spill over into your life. It is to let God's love spill over so other people see the evidence of the fact that you belong to Jesus Christ. Not just because you say it, but because you show it. Because you love one another. This morning, Jesus Christ invites you to come home. To come home to his love. To come home to his care. To come home and experience what it means to belong to the one who loved you and gave himself for you. And when you come home, you make that love evident in the way you carry his love into other people's lives. That's our calling. That's our challenge. But it begins with an act of faith. It begins by recognizing Jesus Christ loves me. He knows me by name. And he knows what's going on in my life. And he wants to forgive me. And he wants to give me everlasting life. And he's the only one that can do it. So I trust him. Maybe today you're here and you're not a believer. You've never trusted Jesus. But you need to. Maybe today could be your day of salvation. Maybe today could be the day when you say, Lord Jesus Christ, I recognize how much you love me. I recognize that you have always been there for me. And I realize that you gave your life for me. So today I trust you. I invite you into my heart to be my Savior, to be my Lord. In a minute when we stand and sing our invitation hymn, I'll be here at the front. Dr. Hutchins will be. We would love to introduce you to the Lord Jesus Christ. You just come forward and you say, today's the day I want to trust Jesus. Or maybe you're here today and you're recognizing that you need to experience his love. And you need to experience his love through his family, this church, First Baptist. And this is where you want to plant your life. And this is where you want to serve him and follow him and belong to him. And maybe you need to come and say today, I want to bring my membership to First Baptist. We would love for that to happen. Or maybe there's another decision you need to make. Maybe a personal rededication. Maybe a recognition that God's wanting to do something special in your life. Is there something you need to do? 
We're going to stand and we're going to sing our invitation hymn. And as God's Spirit speaks to your heart, you come. Let's stand together. Let's sing. been a good day in God's house. I'm glad we got to share this time together. Looking forward to this evening. Deacons, remember we'll have our active deacons meeting at 4.30 and then our deacon study at 5. Everyone else will be downstairs. Okay. And Rich has a word. As you leave today, you know that we're getting ready also for the World Games to be here in Birmingham. Several of our folks are involved there's an opportunity if you want to participate in some of the games that there's some information in the back as you go out and two of our men will be back there to help you to know how to do that. Okay, good. And by participate, he means be a spectator. <laughs> so we look forward to seeing you this evening. And then Wednesday night, we will wrap up until the end of July or till the 1st of August. And we're finishing on a bang because when he said to you a while ago, Cracker Barrel Breakfast, he meant Cracker Barrel Breakfast. So we look forward to seeing you Wednesday evening. Let's bow together for our final prayer and then one last song. Father, we do thank you for the incredible love of Jesus Christ and how it changes everything. And Father, we thank you for the invitation we have to abide in your love. Not a moment-to-moment experience, but a lifestyle of knowing how much you care. Bless us, Lord, as we grow from this place. Be with us as we go to love one another. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.